Hello, I'm Amira Morris, and welcome to my channel. I'm a perspicacious marketplace innovator, creator who shepherds shepherds and lead leaders. I provide kingdom life principles to help leaders live life well. I upload each week, so subscribe to my channel to stay connected and to be notified. Last week, I narrated a detailed prophetic word that provided information about a new leadership model God is instituting in the body of Christ and the new leaders that will become prominent in the body, affecting every sector of society. This week's topic in our series on authentic leadership, we will discuss the role of spiritual leadership and the expectations of what they are called to do according to the kingdom as we reflect on 1 Peter 5. Let's begin. The role of spiritual leadership today is lacking across the board and is a critical component of our success as we move forward into the kingdom age. The old wine scam model of how we did business in the marketplace and how we did church in the past, we will see no more. The Lord has redefined the way we look at leadership, the expectations of what leadership is and what we can expect to see in this new decade. Having served in ministry and the marketplace over a number of decades, I've seen various people serve the Lord in ministry for different reasons that are sometimes honorable and not so honorable in their practices that would sustain them over the long haul. Some are called lay persons who are without professional or specialized knowledge in a particular subject. Others are full-time pastors and under shepherds who oversee the assembly, but they serve for the Lord, some for inadequate reasons. Sometimes people want to serve because they want to help advance the kingdom of God. Some serve because they love studying theology and teaching the Bible accurately. Others serve because they like being the center of attention and the power of feeling important that comes with being a leader. Although all of these tasks and desires are good and others are noble, they are still inadequate reasons for serving the Lord. The requisite inadequacy of spiritual leadership we need today and only requirement is love. John 21 15 brings us into a conversation with Simon Peter and Jesus asking, do you love me? And Peter replies, Lord, you know, I love you. Christ then tells him to feed my sheep. Every member of Christ's body should be serving him by helping make disciples. But beneath that question is this, are we really serving? Why do we serve in the first place? Or what is our motivation for what we do? When we look at the role of spiritual leadership, we must start with the first aspect, which is found in John 21, 15. Jesus, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these other things? Peter, 
Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus, take care of my lambs. Jesus asked him a second time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, yes, Lord, you must surely know that I love you. Jesus, shepherd, my sheep. Peter was hurt because he asked him the same question a third time. Do you love me? Peter, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus, look after my sheep. Looking through the lens of John twenty-one fifteen, the role of spiritual leadership clearly starts with loving. But loving Christ on his terms, his way. God has a love language that most don't understand because we've not taken time to pay attention to his body language and desires. We as leaders cannot lead if we don't love. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven gives us a dimension of his love language and details a few ways we can love his way. It reads, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Loving is a clear indication of kingdom leadership. It's a prerequisite of those you will see leading in the 21st century. Loving the Lord motivates us to lead and feed. 1 Peter 5, 2 gives us the role play and expectations that comes with this office. Let's take a closer look at the role of a spiritual leader. But before we do, let's define spiritual leadership for this discussion. Before we can give a definition on spiritual leadership, let's examine the meaning of the two key parts of the phrase, the spirit and the leader. According to Strong's Concordance, the word spirit or pneuma is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit who lives on the inside of believers, leads them into the truth. He is the spirit of truth. Leadership by definition, according to Bill Lawrence at Bible.org, is the act of influencing and serving others out of Christ's interest in their lives so they accomplish God's purposes for and through them. In other words, a leader is one who goes first. A spiritual leader is one who incorporates the spirit of truth into his or her leadership. A spiritual leader is one who causes others to seek out and understand their inner selves and who fosters a sense of meaning and significance among their followers. Characteristics of spiritual leadership include a focus on compassion, encouragement, empathy, and service. Some say the greatest aspect of leadership is in helping followers find meaning and purpose 
in their lives and fostering a sense of community among followers. Now that we understand that love is the first aspect of spiritual leadership, and we've learned what a spiritual leader is, let's take a look at who they are. 1 Peter 5, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So who, who is Peter referring to here? He is referring to the G4245. Yes, the presbuteros. Say it. Presbuteros. He's referring to the elders. The elders make up the presbyteros, which is the presbytery, is made up of mature spiritual leaders in and outside the assembly. Ephesians 4.11 tells us further who's a part of that, that uh, presbytery. And it reads, and he himself, he is Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So we have five different types of people with five different diverse ministries. So we all are not going to come in as the same but we should appreciate the diversity in ministry. These are also elders. Some serve inside and others outside the assembly or church. When I say outside, I mean not limited to the four walls of the church, which indicates the marketplace. So in essence, he is talking to the spiritual leaders who are mature in the faith what does that mean? Being mature in the faith means you are spiritually mature and live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. It means you walk by faith and not by sight. And you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in all that you do. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> are we together <laughs> or are we on the same page? Awesome. Let's go deeper. Now that we have a better understanding of who they are, let's talk about what they do. First Peter five and two tells us that being a spiritual leader begins with being an example. Being a spiritual leader begins with being an example. And it reads, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. Being an example requires us to shepherd well as templates and examples for the flock to follow. This is done through our lifestyle, conversations, and modeled behavior. 
There are six aspects of shepherding well. Number one, exercise humility in all that we do. Number two, it requires that we guide the flock on the straight path that leads to fellowship with God. Number three, we must unite as a body of believers and direct each person into their unique walk with God and ministry. This is vitally important because we are not all called to the same thing at the same time on the same path. Sometimes the only same we might have is God. There are certain people God has reserved to shepherd himself into his fold, according to John ten sixteen. Number four, it requires that we give accurate and godly counsel to those who need it. We can't see it from our perspective and counseling. We have to see it from the word's perspective always. Number five, it requires that our decisions and disciplines are based on the Holy Spirit and the word. As leaders, we are bought with a price. We are no longer ours. We're his. Number six. It requires that we lead with truthfulness and transparency. This is done only when we have done the hard work in the presence of God and surrendered all to him on the altar of our lives. Miles Monroe, one of my late mentors who I love, said kingdom citizenship is a spiritual reality but it is also a mentality. As believers, we already have the spirit of God, but we need to learn the mind and the heart of God. Why is this important? Because the heart causes us to love like him by laying down our lives for the flock. Having the mind of God causes us to think like him, perceive like him, act like him, and talk like him by utilizing the wisdom of God in every situation. Mature spiritual leaders are prototypes of Christ. For example, Christ is the example for Peter in this situation. Peter is the example for the presbytery who make up the fivefold ministry giftings, the bishops and shepherds who are examples for the flock. The best thing about our relationship with Christ is when we don't see the example inside the assembly or church or outside, we can keep our eyes on the chief example and overseer of our soul. So now that we understand the consequence of spiritual leadership, we know that it starts with loving Second, we must shepherd the flock among us by doing. The third aspect of leadership requires us to shepherd well as templates and examples for the flock to follow by just being the example. This is done through our lifestyle and modeled behavior. Now let's talk, take a look at how these exampled leaders lead.
When we take another look at 1 Peter uh, 5, we find that spiritual leaders are active leaders. They actively minister and pray for the people by shepherding the flock and serving them before serving ourselves. One must truly love the Lord to serve others before serving oneself. This is the ultimate model of what true kingdom leadership is all about. When we look at verse two, shepherd the flock of God, which is among us, not by compulsion, by will, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. When we look at this verse and look at ourselves through performance, when we perform our task willingly, we are open, loving, eager and ready to serve others before we serve ourselves. But when we do something grudgingly, we are closed, opposed, self-centered and indifferent in our approach to leading. Financial reward must never be a motive for serving ever. Now, I believe leaders who serve should be supported financially. Absolutely. But a mercenary spirit is incompatible with kingdom leadership and ministry. Mercenary is defined as a person or behavior that is primarily concerned with making money at the expense of ethics or morals. Money is translated in the Greek as as, uh, as mammon or wealth or riches. Wealth is regarded as an evil influence or false object of worship and devotion. Matthew 6 and 24 tells us no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Luke 16, 13 tells us that we cannot serve God and money. The Bible has just told us that unique leaders, genuine leaders should never be driven by money. Now, this mercenary spirit has run rampant and one we might discuss at a later time. But for now, let's stay focused on how we can better lead by looking at the next leading factor of spiritual leadership. They guide and mentor the people. They do this by investing their time and attention as caregivers over the flock, not as lords, but examples. Leaders who who lord don't invest or give the advantage. They take the advantage. Sometimes even when you can't see it, They're supervisors and managers, not owners of God's people. They exercise oversight, but do not lord over them who they have been entrusted to care for. We must be examples, not dictators or manipulators. We should be walking out in front of the flock, not driving them from behind. They shine their light as epistles and model a lifestyle standard before the people. So what is an epistle? You ask. The word epistle comes from the Greek word epistolo, 
which means letter, message, or dispatch. In our discussion, these leaders are living epistles who are living a life before the flock that is open to read as a letter. The letter is eye-catching and instructional in nature, and without a spoken word, the leader is teaching and instructing the flock through a tone that is typical of a teacher to a student. When we see these types of leaders, we are witnessing the written word and the written inner working of the Holy Spirit, a life lived in such a way that glorifies God. As we have discussed here today, spiritual leadership clearly starts with first loving. We've gained a better understanding of who they are. Second, they shepherd the flock of God. They invest, they get involved. We've gained a better understanding of what they do. They give the advantage, not take advantage. The third aspect of spiritual leadership requires us to shepherd well as templates and examples for the flock to follow. They are exampled and intentional in their leadership. This is done through lifestyle and modeled behavior. And this is what I love. And this is what I do. I shepherd shepherds and lead leaders. I am a perspicacious marketplace innovator, creator who provides kingdom lifestyle principles to help leaders live life well. Join me next week. We'll continue our discussion and series on authentic leadership and look further into this new leadership model. If the word I have spoken is a rhema word and it bears witness with your spirit, subscribe to my channel. Don't forget to stay connected by signing up at a chance to win a kingdom coaching session with me. Be blessed and be well.